Welcome to Faith Bible Church's Midweek in the Word podcast, where we are together seeking to become better readers, hearers, and doers of the Word each week. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Midweek in the Word. Uh, Thanks a ton for joining us uh, for another podcast. We're thrilled that you're along for this ride with us. As as, if you're a longtime listener, you know that uh, you know my voice. You know I'm Brad Myers, Faith Bible Church's Adult Ministries pastor, Um, and you know that typically I'm joined by Tom Rempel, our preaching pastor. And we're back to that typical routine again this week after having Nat Crawford on the podcast last week, which I hope you had the chance to listen to. Really appreciated the conversation with him. But Tom, we're also thrilled to have you have you back uh, across the table from me uh, together this morning. Hopefully you got some good time off and enjoyed the opportunity to listen to somebody else preach uh, for a little bit of a change. Um, but but thank you for joining me and uh, welcome back to the podcast. Yeah, thanks. It was great to have my soul fed by another and uh, also appreciate you raising the bar on what's expected out of this hour. <laughs> there we go. We, we brought Nat on just to make sure that we're keeping our game on point. Um, uh, we'll keep trying to cover good topics on this, even as we work our way toward the end of the year and we'll start thinking about what next year might look like. So um, I should just say at this point in the podcast, if you're a listener and you have some thoughts on topics either still to cover yet on how to interpret the Bible, there's a little bit of time left in our schedule at the end of the year. Shoot those questions our way. Or if you have thoughts on where the podcast could go in the future, what would be encouraging and edifying to you, send those my direction as well. We're considering that right now. Um, But just, just by way of getting back to kind of our topic, here, and in case you're new to the church, uh, Tom has been working through the whole Bible over the course of this year. We're, we're now in the New Testament, but he's been working Genesis through Revelation in a sermon series he's calling Snapshots from Genesis to Revelation, Route 66, How Every Sign Points to Christ. And so if you're new to the church and you're new to the podcast, we have been using this podcast to study how to study Scripture you know, with our emphasis on seeing our body studying and reading the Word over the course of 2020. So I'd encourage you to jump in on that. If you haven't started any reading plan, we're only in October. It's not too late to start a plan reading through the Bible to jump in anywhere in your Bible. And if, you, if you've been working through the passages with us all the way along, uh, keep up the good work. Keep your intensity on it. I know um, the elder uh, Mark Powell mentioned on Sunday, he's a few days behind in his reading plan, but no good reason to get discouraged. So we'd encourage you to keep plugging away there. Don't get discouraged if you're following or if you're following a little behind. Uh, the important thing is to keep plugging away at it. So we'll keep working through the Bible. And Tom, you'll continue to work through the yeah. Bible in your Route 66 sermon series. In fact, this last Sunday, you were in the Gospels of Matthew and Luke talking about what I'm sure are familiar characters to our listeners, Mary and Joseph, <laughs> Jesus's parents. Um, and you got into the Gospels, which is exactly what I'd like to discuss on the podcast this morning. But before we get into that, and before we start talking a little bit about that subject, Tom, hit us back with your three questions that you like to ask each week in your sermon. Uh, the first one being, what did we learn about God on Sunday? I think that uh, the Matthew 1 genealogy is, is one of those rare walks through the Old Testament history. And uh, Pastor Nat, when he preached, emphasized it, but that you know, the scriptures are really his story. Mm-hmm. So I think we were reminded more clearly than ever going through the genealogies that he is sovereign mm-hmm. over all the kings that sit on the thrones and even the, even the messes that people make. The plans and purposes of God are right on schedule according to plan. Mm, absolutely. I remember Nat's comment being, we know for certain, you know, that God yeah. wants us to have certainty. And that reminder of those gener- or those genealogies is a great reminder. Uh, listen, 
listeners, on that subject, if, if you missed our, I think it was our third podcast, but early on, go back through the podcast, we did one on the genre of, of, of the genealogies, as, as confusing as that is at times, but uh, we think it'd be encouragement to you. So if you, if you missed that, go back and check it out on that subject. Um, secondarily, Tom, what did, what did the story of Mary and Joseph reveal about ourselves? The, the thing that comes through is that all are the sons of Adam and Eve, mm. uh, that, that there is not yet a righteous one, a perfect one. And they were outstanding in their time mm. and in line, and yet they themselves also needed a Savior. Mm. Yeah. Amen to that. What what a strange fi- place to find yourself, that the, the, the yeah. son that you're raising in your own household turns out to be the Savior of all mankind. I'm, I'm sure that must have been a, a strange and amazing reality for Mary and Joseph to deal with. Well, even Mary, and I mean, Nat mentioned it a week before, but she rejoices in the one who is her Savior, who is in her womb at the time, yeah. you know, her own confession of she needs someone to rescue. And so I think we just saw that humanity needs a savior, a rescuer, and God was providing that. Yeah, very good. Uh, Finally, how did how did this point us to Christ? Well, this was probably the easiest one of the (laughs) whole year. It it, it, it says uh, literally, "You will call his name Jesus, for he will save his Mm. people from their sins." It, It points us to the Savior, that one and only who can accomplish that impossible task. Mm. Amen. Amen. We're finding ourselves finally, after a lot of time, of reaching the climax of the story a bit in, in the story of the Bible. Well, thank you for that message on Sunday, Tom, and thank you for the encouragement from the life of Mary and Joseph. Listeners, if you missed it, do remember that you can always find uh, Tom's sermons or whoever's in the pulpit on a given Sunday on our church podcast, uh, Faith Bible Church's podcast. We have the sermons podcast, or you can find it on our website. Uh, so check that out if you didn't get the chance to listen to it. Uh, but Tom, as, as I mentioned earlier, we're, we're now in the Gospels. And um, listeners, if, if that's an unfamiliar term to you, we're talking about the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And odds are, these are pretty familiar to you as listeners. Um, you've probably heard the stories about Jesus, if, if at no other time, at, at Christmas, when, when we always yeah. come back to this, this story. And, and likely you're familiar with some of his teachings, some of the parables, some of the miracles he worked, things like that. But Tom, I don't want to assume too much as we go into this subject, because the Gospels are pretty unique, and they're also a little challenging to correctly interpret. So let's start off with the basics as we start talking about this genre of Gospel in the New Testament. What do we mean by the literary style or genre of the Gospels? Well, the Gospels are written in a narrative format. They're they're storytelling from four different perspectives, Mm -hmm. Um, but, but they are a connection. They can't be read independently. You can't just buy a a collection of the four Gospels and Mm. read them and understand them because they connect the Old Testament Mm. to the life of Jesus. They show the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy in Christ. So the the requirement for some Old Testament background, and they're also kind of a bridge because it it tells all that he has done here on earth, but the work has only begun. Mm. So then you've got the book of Acts that follows it up. So you've, you've got to understand that what you're reading is written in a narrative format, but it, it has threads that tie it to the bigger mm. story, mm. and you've got to be looking for those continually. 
Which really speaks to the word used to describe them, gospel, meaning yeah. literally good news. Yeah. Well, the whole Old Testament was full of bad news. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe, listeners, yeah. you got a little tired of the bad news over all those books through the Old Testament. Well, the reality is the gospels are the good news of yeah. the story of Christ. Um, incredible reality of that. And, and that's pretty easy to define. You know, we're not running into yeah. gospel segments in other parts of Scripture or anything. These four books constitute what we call uh, the gospels. Um, so this, the genre isn't difficult to identify because we know where it is. It's in those four books. Um, but Tom, speak a little bit to, to what the gospel narrative genre style looks like. What are some key features or writing styles that we typically run across in these four books? Well, first of all, there's a, a, a record of history. I was uh, reading this morning, and uh, Luke uh, spends a lot of time setting it in its historic mm. timetable. <laughs> the and, doctor uh, would, right? As you know? a doctor, <laughs> all the detail. Yeah. I've, I've, I have researched carefully, yeah. and these are the, the details. So the, uh, the Gospels have that. They also, it, I always like to say, it's, it's like uh, there's a car accident on 70th and A Street, and there are eyewitnesses, one on each of the four corners, and they're mm-hmm. all telling the same period of history. I mean, there's only three years basically covered in them. So they're telling the same story, but from four different perspectives. And so uh, you'll, you'll have things like parables. Well, some of them talk about the parables, and others don't include those parables at all. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, okay, that, that, that's a key part. You know, you've got the issues of miracles, and uh, not all four Gospels include all the same miracles, so they're thrown in. And then you've got, uh, if you've got a red-letter edition, you've got the, the yeah, sermons yeah. of Jesus. And oh, by the way, the, the red letters are not more inspired than the rest of the text. Which <laughs> there is, you go. In the original manuscript didn't yeah. have red letters. Yes. <laughs> and, then, and then, yeah, the other thing is that there are a lot of sightings of that prophecy might be fulfilled. Mm. And... Uh, and, and so you, you, you've got to be alert to prophecy. You've got to be alert to miracles. You've got to understand how to interpret a parable. There's mm. some wisdom statements in there. And then there's just good old down-to-earth history mm-hmm. all woven into one narrative. Mm. Yeah, and we've, we've covered some of those, those different genres in the past. So remind yourself of some of those, you know, narrative, reading the whole story and some of the tools there. Uh, we're going to cover parables in the future in, a, in, a, in, an ev- in one of the next episodes. So keep attuned for that as well. But Tom, you're going exactly the direction that I wanted to go with my next question, because the natural question to ask as, as we read this story four times is, why in the world do we have the story four times? So these four perspectives that you're talking about. And we talked a little bit about this subject um, when we were in the Old Testament, talking Mm -hmm. about why do we have the retelling of the period of the united and divided kingdom? Why do we have 1st and 2nd Kings and 1st and 2nd Chronicles, which essentially tell the same story? We talked a little bit about how those unique books contribute to what's going on and have a unique purpose for why they were written, when they were written, things like that. So let's try and make that similar connection Mm -hmm. for the Gospels. Um, why do we have these four different tellings from four different perspectives? What is consistent from gospel to gospel? Well, all of the gospels are, as you said already, they are the declaration of the good news. Mm. And the good news is one person. It's the person and work of Jesus. So that's the common thread through them all, uh, that that it is a period of time when the prophecy, the promise of Genesis 3, finds its earthly historic fulfillment in the coming of Christ. And so each of them 
focus highlight on Christ. Although two of them spend a significant time on the birth story, mm. two of them pick it up, you know, at a different point. John picks it up all the way back in creation. Yeah. You know, in the beginning yeah. was the word. He starts back in the Genesis story. And then, uh, you know, Mark just picks it up with his adult life and carries it forward. So the commonality is the person of Christ, but the time and period they concentrate on is different on each. Okay, so they all share the same subject matter. They all say they're the same person and the reality of what his work is going to be while he's here on earth. But I love the illustration you mentioned earlier, four different sides of the road, four different perspectives. You know, we've got the apostles of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John writing these four gospels that bear their name. Um, But we've talked to authorial intent before. We've talked to how Mm -hmm. the author has a specific purpose and reason for the details they include and the way they say things, both the human author and the divine author. So secondarily, what is different from the Gospels? And you've already spoken a little bit to that, but why are they not identical in their telling of the story? Well, God in in his wisdom chooses to speak his truth through human authors it, every word is the breath of God, but he allows their personality. Mm-hmm. And each of the gospel writers was motivated to put into print a particular theme or perspective. And uh, so, you know, Matthew, he wants to make certain that we understand that this one is the king that is promised. So mm-hmm. the royalty of Jesus kind of threads it through. So he, he uh, carefully edits and selects those materials that support that thesis. And, uh, you know, Mark apparently writes uh, almost, he's, he's probably the, the greatest storyteller of the four, mm. but uh, he's telling it from Peter's perspective, as it were. And then along comes Dr. Luke, you know, probably the only Gentile mm. writer, but certainly he, is, he has done his research. He's not an eyewitness, but he's a research. So he wants to make certain that every detail is validated by substantiated. Mm. John talks about it from a relationship side. This is the Jesus that I knew. And uh, so, and and, and the other point is it it takes four because as John says in the 20th chapter, there are many other things Jesus did that are not written. And in fact, if everything that he did was written, (laughs) we wouldn't have a library big enough to fill it. And you're thinking he only lived 33 years. So they are selecting out carefully that material that supports their theme and their reason for writing. Mm. I, th- I think that's a helpful tip for people to remember, uh, that they're not, they're not trying to write exact duplications yeah. of each other. And ironically, if you, if you study historical documents, if every document was written verbatim, it would almost cause us to question the authenticity yeah. of the documents, yeah. just from a, a literary yeah. criticism standpoint. But the fact that you get four unique tellings that are all in agreement on, on the events um, is really, really important to note. Um, On that subject a little bit, I know one of the things that comes up um, on this idea is the tellings even happen, seem to happen in different orders, or there's things that seem to be on the surface inconsistencies from gospel to gospel. Could you speak just a little bit to that idea um, to our listeners? Yeah, again, you you have to remember that the Spirit of God gave the freedom to the individual to write according to his uh, either experience, his access to the information that is recording and writing to accomplish his purpose. So again, just the af- the affirmation that it is all the very breath of God, and there's not contradiction 
in the mind of God, or so therefore there won't be in the Bible, but the details that are highlighted uh, serve a purpose, and so trusting those. I think the other then is is don't read them in isolation, hmm. but uh, you know the first three, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they call them the synoptics. They, they pretty much cover the same material in a more edited way. John almost doesn't fit at all. He just he writes almost as an outlier, but but his goal and his purpose in writing, his motivation was different. So uh, again, just, just being willing to let them compare text to text, let them harmonize uh, the story. They're all telling one story that focuses on one person and one message. So bring allow them to bring it into the harmony. Hmm. Okay, so with with all that in mind, uh, obviously we can't we can't wrap up the episode or this topic without really giving our listeners some practical mm-hmm. tips on on how to read the these books these these books of the Bible. So aside from our our typical interpretive advice that we've mentioned a number of times on the podcast, follow the steps of coma context observation meaning application. Mm-hmm. Remember the context. Remember historical context. Remember literary context. Don't read it in isolation. The normal things that we keep coming back to again and again on the podcast. Are there specific interpretive tips that you would recommend when it comes to reading the Gospels differently than other other genres of Scripture? I, th- I think if you can find the background, the bio on the author in mm-hmm. the Gospels is probably more helpful than almost any other section of Scripture. So to understand where, where does where does Matthew draw his information? And Mark, like I said, he wasn't one of the twelve. Why or or Luke? What you know? So again, I think start by saying I need to understand the author. Secondly, look carefully for the the, the motivation for the writing. Each of them seems to reveal their theme and all that. So uh, be careful to look for what exactly is it that they were driven to say. And then I think the third one is is to to don't avoid the reality that they all fit together like a puzzle. But we we've been working on a two thousand piece puzzle in our household. It took <laughs> us two months, and we finally finished it this week. And, and in order to find the piece, you, you spend a lot of time stepping back, just looking at the big picture. Yeah. I think the Gospels are best read when you periodically step back and keep the big mm. picture in mind. Mm. And if I may add add to that theme, you just you got me thinking a little bit that what you mentioned earlier, as far as all the quotations and allusions, the the pictures from the Old Testament. Yeah. You know, listeners, keep your keep your study yeah. Bible handy. Those little references that you find down on the side or on the bottom of your page in your Bible that say, here, this gospel is quoting from Isaiah. Yeah. Keep that in mind because the authors quote Old Testament books to tie those strings together and yeah. give you hints as to what the main thesis of their book is. Um, so hopefully that's helpful to you, listeners. Keep a few of those things in mind as you find yourself reading through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Well, Tom, if I can attempt to summarize this discussion a little bit in my own head and for our listeners, um, as we find ourselves in these four books, these pretty weighty big books that all kind of tell the same story, remember they're telling of the true events of Christ's life, mm-hmm. but they're telling them with different perspectives on it. So they'll include different details, they'll include different sayings, different speeches, different miracles, things like that. And those aren't meant to make us feel like they're clashing, mm-hmm. they're meant to make us ask 
what specific aspect of Christ's time here on earth is this gospel writer trying to emphasize? And how does that instruct my understanding of the life and events of Christ? And let those books, I love the illustration, let those books fit together like puzzle pieces, even though puzzles take a little bit of time to work <laughs> through and, and you spin yeah. pieces a few times yep. before you figure out how it yep. all fits together. Any final thoughts on this subject, Tom, before we wrap it up? Well, I think if, if somebody is a serious Bible student, uh, probably the best cash outlay they could do is get their hands on a, a harmony of the Gospels mm. and, uh, and, and read that. Next year, 2021, uh, at least the first half of the year, we're hoping to do a, a series called Simply Jesus. Mm-hmm. And basically, we're going to let the harmony of the Gospels move us through the chronology and the message. Mm-hmm. So that, that would be my encouragement is to get a harmony of the Gospels and begin to read it that way for a season. Good. Good. Well, obviously, you're talking about the next year, and and we have to keep moving forward to 2020 as we wrap up the rest of this year. We've still got a lot of characters to talk about in the months of October, November, and December. Um, so, Tom, we've we've got another character coming up this Sunday. We've got the the well known character of John the Baptist. So, in way of preparation for our listeners, could you speak to what you're looking forward to to speaking about about Tom or John the Baptist's life? Well, Nat Nat did a great job of, of setting us up for this. So. Uh, the story of uh, Johnny B. is um, a brief life that had a huge impact. Mm. And uh, so I think I'm mostly excited to take a look at somebody. And there's, there's so little said about him. He's got a celebration at his birth, and then he's introduced as a preacher in the wilderness. And is like, wow. And then God ordained it probably before age 35. His mm. mission was over. So mm. I find that intriguing. And yet in Christ's words, that there was none second to John. Uh, what an incredible reality and character we have in his life. Uh, what about interpretive questions? Any tricky things you're trying to wrestle through in the life of John the Baptist? Well, mostly just working again on how does he fulfill the Isaiah 40 and the Malachi 3 mm. prophecy mm-hmm. to make certain that we don't lose sight of that, that there were so many false prophets in the day mm. before Christ came. And uh, here is clearly the one. So just want to make sure that we make that connection well. Mm. Very good. Finally, how can we prepare our hearts to hear this message on Sunday? Well, it, it, John the Baptist was sent to prepare the way for Christ. And uh, so that's already written in the text. I think the encouragement would be, uh, ask that the Spirit of God will prepare your heart for receiving the words of Christ this week. That, that, that it, It's not just a, a spontaneous kind of thing. It was a prepared thing, smoothing the way. So some of us just need to kind of clear some rubbish out of the way, smooth the way to receive the mm. word this week. Yeah, John is the herald of Christ. Mm. Uh, it's, a, it's a powerful image for sure. Well, listeners, hopefully that's helpful to you, and hopefully our conversation this week is helpful as you, as you are reading through the Gospels for yourself. So thanks for joining us for another episode. Remember, if you're following along in the weekly reading for John the Baptist in that, you have Luke chapter 3. We'd encourage you to take time and check that out. And if you run into any questions, as always, just shoot those our direction. A couple of items on more information, if you want to dig into this subject, 
Project a little bit more. The first would be the Bible Project has another great video on this literary style of Scripture in their How to Read the Bible series, The Gospels. Uh, Really, really good content. We'd encourage you to check it out on their website, or we'll be including it in the podcast notes and embedding it in our website. Again, thank thankful for their generosity of letting us use their videos that way, even on Sunday, as Tom did. Um, Secondarily, I want to recommend a new podcast to you if you're somebody that's enjoying listening to podcasts and would be interested in additional additional content there. There's a new podcast entitled Bible Talk um, that I would really encourage. It's a white background with a green Bible opened up on the front and a couple of really, really good um, students of the Word that are just walking through Genesis. You'll have to remember a little bit and go back a ways because right now they're just walking chapter by chapter uh, through the books of Genesis. But I'd encourage you to check that out if you're looking for some deeper content, especially on the first few chapters of Genesis where they're at right now. And uh, I also want to announce real quickly that I'm excited for next week. Next week on the podcast, we will have Brad Orta from Country Bible Church joining us, and we're going to be talking a little bit about the canon of Scripture. So if that's a subject that intrigues you, I'd encourage you to tune in next week as I'll have Brad on the podcast. Lastly, just know that we're praying for you as you study your Bible this week, both in in isolation on your own and then as we come together on Sunday and study it uh, in the church service as well. And we do hope you join us again next week for Midweek in the Word. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. As you're reading this week, be encouraged by the words of the Apostle Paul to Timothy. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth.